Chapter 12, The Secret in the Cellars. Robin was right. The next morning, Madeline disappeared to visit Holly. Alfie didn't see her until the following morning at school, where she stayed well away from him and Robin. This continued for the entire week. I'm done trying to apologize, said Robin in frustration, as Madeline passed them in the corridor, turning her head sharply to avoid looking at them. An embarrassed Holly shot them an apologetic glance as she hurried along behind her. What did she expect? We couldn't get a clear picture. How could we back her up with no evidence? What's bothering me is that we can't even do anything about it, said Alfie. You saw how they all reacted to Madeline. Imagine if we called the army to tell them there's a dragon loose in Hexbridge. He twirled his finger by his temple, then stopped as a thought hit him. Hey, it's fall break and my birthday next week. What if she's still upset with us? They had planned to explore the castle cellars during their break. He couldn't imagine Madeline not joining them. Don't worry. The village festival starts on your birthday. She loves that. She's bound to come around before then. By the start of the break, Madeline was still determinedly avoiding them. Alfie was worried. It really seemed as though she was never going to speak to him again. Alfie came up to the castle to visit Alfie on the first night of vacation and told him that Madeline had moved into the spare room of Granny's cottage. She told Mum she needed to be there all week to help Granny with festival duties. Well, she can stay there forever for all I care. I'm staying here. Alfie didn't mind having Robin around at the castle, as he seemed quite happy to amuse himself reading in the library. He was obviously planning on sticking around for a while, as he had already moved some of his things into the room Alfie had given him. On the second day of vacation, they spent the morning down at the lake with Alfie's dad. He had been inspired by the da Vinci replicas he had seen in Caspian Bone's office and was trying to recreate some of the artist's inventions, starting with two huge pairs of boat-like shoes designed for walking on water. What Alfie thought was going to be a relaxing morning fishing turned into a very few wet hours testing the shoes. His dad had supplied each of them with two ski poles with floats on the bottom to help them balance. It's easy, Alfie heard his dad shout from the shore as his feet shot out from under him, dunking him to the lake for the third time. Uh, Just walk across the surface of the water. Well, if it's so easy, Dad, why don't you try it? spluttered Alfie as he tried to stand up. Uh, I would, replied his dad, tapping the video camera he was using to record their progress. But I need to observe the strengths and weaknesses of the design. Alfie thought that the design had more weaknesses than strengths as he wobbled around with Robin. The most either of them could manage was five steps before falling face first into the water. Just as he was about to plead with his dad to end the torture, Ashford turned up with warm towels and a hamper full of food. Alfie sat draped in his towel, eating a steaming, freshly baked pie as his dad showed Robin the footage of their disastrous attempts to walk on water in the camera's viewfinder. 
Alfie turned to grab a napkin from the hamper and noticed a lone figure high on the riverbank. It disappeared almost as soon as he looked, but not before he recognized Madeline's red jacket. Ashford took that evening off. He had taken a few days and nights off since starting work at the castle. Alfie wondered where he went on those occasions. He still knew very little about Ashford, and the butler seemed determined to keep it that way, avoiding any personal questions. With no one to make dinner, Alfie's dad ordered pizza before disappearing into his workshop to improve his designs. Alfie was quite relieved Robin wouldn't get to experience his dad's bizarre cooking. After they'd eaten, Alfie led his cousin down from the kitchens to the levels below. He had decided that tonight they would make a start on exploring the cellars. At the bottom, Alfie flicked a large brass switch and the torches on the walls flared to life, illuminating the undercrofts, vaulted ceilings, and columns. He took one of the torches from the wall and looked around. This first chamber was the neatly stocked pantry. Jars of pickles, preserved fruits, chutneys, and marinades filled the shelves, all labeled in Ashford's perfect handwriting. Careful, said Alfie, as Robin caught his foot on one of the large sacks of fruits and vegetables that lined the wall, sending potatoes rolling across the floor. Alfie unlocked the door that led from the undercroft into the main cellars, and they made their way down the corridor, detouring through the network of rooms that led off from it. Alfie sorted through the surprisingly large bunch of cellar keys, matching them to locks as they went. One room was lined with large oak cask, labeled as elderberry, elderflower, blackberry, or fruits he hadn't ever heard of. He was amazed to see they all still had wine in them. Robin pulled the stopper out of a barrel marked Armanag 1402. Alfie laughed as he took a deep sniff of the contents and pretended to faint. Blimey, why would anyone drink that stuff? Most of the other rooms were empty, containing only benches, tables, and baskets of blankets and fleeces. Like everything else in the castle, they were in perfect condition. Oren's letters said that the whole village would move into the castle whenever they needed protection, said Alfie. I bet this is where some of them slept. In one room, Robin found a small leather pouch containing a whittling knife and a number of little half-carved wooden animals, including a boar, a wolf, and a hare. Alfie let him have these under the finder's keeper's rule and enjoyed the, the delighted look on his cousin's face as he examined the animals one by one, gently brushing away loose wood shavings. At the far end of the corridor was a heavy studded door with three large padlocks. Alfie unlocked them and hauled the door open. A cool wave of damp smelling air washed over them. Alfie flicked on his flashlight and picked out a long flight of stairs that led downward. Uh, what do you think is down there? asked Robin, his voice echoing back at them. Let's find out, said Alfie, hoping he'd sound a lot braver than he felt. 
He forced himself to move before he had time to chicken out. Stay close. He was a little disconcerted by their own echoing footsteps as they descended into a dark, mossy labyrinth, which made the cellars they had just left seem cheery by comparison. We must be at lake level now, said Robin, as they finally reached the bottom. There were no lights down here, and the glow from Alfie's flashlight only made the blackness seem even darker. He had to be very careful to remember where they had come from and where they had already been. After what felt like hours searching the dank, dark cellars, they finally found something interesting in one of the farthest corners, a vast round trapdoor set into the floor. An intricate array of bolts ran around the edge of the ebony wood surface, which bore silver ruins that spiraled toward the center. They looked immediately familiar to Alfie. While Robin tried to find a way to pry apart the bolts, Alfie quickly checked his talisman. The ruins matched. Hadn't Emily Fortune said that the talisman was also a key? He noticed a small round indentation in the center of the trapdoor and knew that the talisman would fit it perfectly. But something stopped him from trying it out. There was something ominous about this huge door. Someone had obviously gone to a lot of trouble to seal it, so he wasn't going to try and unlock it until he knew exactly what was down there. Come on, come on, he said, ushering a protesting Robin away. It'd take an army to pull that up. We'd better get back upstairs. Dad will be wondering where we are. As they they were passing through what Alfie had worked out to be the central chamber, Robin stopped moving and shushed. Shh, I just heard something. Alfie held his breath and listened carefully. A soft blink, blink, broke the surface. It's just dripping water, he said with a sigh of relief. Wow, you nearly gave me a heart attack, Rob. Sorry, said Robin as he began walking again. It's just so creepy down. He disappeared with a large splash. Robin, shouted Alfie, his flashlight picking out a round pool of water in the middle of the room. Robin had tripped over the low stone lip and was thrashing it round in the dark water, grasping for the sides. Alfie began to laugh, but quickly saw that something was wrong. Quick, quick, grab my hands, he shouted as Robin disappeared beneath the surface. He grasped at Robin's flailing arms as he resurfaced, spluttering, his fingers closing on Robin's sweater, but his cousin slipped out of it and below the surface. With barely a thought, Alfie kicked off his shoes and leapt into the water, taking a deep breath before diving down. The second he submerged, he could feel a strong current dragging him deeper. He scrambled at the sides, but couldn't get grip on the slippery stones as the current pulled him down and around a bend. Fighting the impulse to breathe, he found himself tumbling toward a rusted iron grate. As he hit the bars, he felt something soft in it next to him. Robin! His eyes were bulging, and bubbles escaped his mouth as he clung to the grate. He gestured toward an area that seemed almost rusted through and began kicking at it frantically. Alfie joined him, stomping the metal as it began to crumble away in large pieces. 
Alfie's lungs were screaming for air. He was desperate to give in and take a deep breath, but he kept on kicking. Finally, a large section of grate broke away, and Robin shut through the hole like an eel. The jagged metal scraped Alfie's arm as he dragged himself through it and out into what could only be Lake Archelon. Weeds grasped at his ankles as he kicked up toward the surface and swam for his life. He could just make out the light of the moon piercing the murky water and kept kicking toward it. His lungs burned and his waterlogged clothes seemed to be dragging him down. Just as he felt he couldn't take another stroke, he broke the surface next to Robin and took a huge breath of sweet night air.